you are being given a heaven track. You say, well, I already know I'm going to heaven. You're going to get one anyway. I want to tell you some things about it you may never thought about before. And while they're doing that, turn in your Bible to the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 6. There are some things in the Bible that's kind of hard to explain. Jesus knew that whenever he said some of these things, that it was going to offend people. And you think, well, why did he say it if he knew it was going to offend people? Because, you see, you always are speaking, in most cases, to a mixed audience. Those who hang on every word and those that don't believe a word. So there's people that will believe what you have to say, and there's people that don't believe what you have to say. When Jesus spoke, there were people that believed what he had to say, and there's others that wanted to kill him. Hmm. I'm hoping there's nobody here that's wanted to kill me yet. You may not agree with everything that I say, but you don't have to get drastic about this thing. But there are times that we say things that are hard to be explained. And people don't always get it. I was um, with Gary one day, and we I mentioned this before, but there was something the guy said that I didn't mention to you. And anyway, I told him, I says, this coming Sunday, I'm going to be using an illustration. And I want you to listen to it and tell me if you can understand it. Because this is a, an illustration I want to use this Sunday. And I just want to know if I can just kind of practice on you. It only takes about a minute and a half. And both of the guys said, sure, go ahead. Of course, they didn't know that I do it every week. So I went through the little wallet illustration, explained it to him, and then when the guy, he looked at me, and he says, now, make sure you do it real slow and clear so everybody can really understand what you're saying. I says, good point, I'll try to do that. He has no idea how many times I have seen myself do that illustration. For over 45 years. I was in a store, and I... Talked to the guy, gave him a heaven track, and I didn't have much time, and there was other people standing around, and so I just kind of quickly just told him, I says, you know, you can trust Christ to save you, have eternal life, and go to heaven when you die if you believe he did it for you, and that you can't earn, you can't work for it. And I'm trying to say all of this here. I'm standing at the counter, and I didn't pay him. He's got my money and gave it, you know, my, uh, my change back. And so anyway, I walked out, and I thought, he probably didn't get one thing I said. So anyway, I walked out, and Saw him another day. You know what he said to me? He says, he said, I told my priest what you said. And he made the statement. He said, I told him, I don't need the church here no more. I don't need you no more. He said, I found out it's been prepaid. I've never had nobody say it quite like that. I found out it was prepaid. And I was thinking, he, he didn't get what I said. Maybe he did get it. Do you understand that your salvation has been prepaid? You don't have to pay it. Somebody's already prepaid it. And all you got to do is accept it. And that sounds like it's so simple. But believe it or not, that's a hard, difficult thing for most people to grasp. They just can't believe it. That's too simple. It's too easy. You got to do something. So look here in the Gospel of John in chapter 6. I want you to see this. Where he makes the statement in verse 27. He says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, 
for him hath God the Father sealed. Verse 28, then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. That's what you are supposed to do. Believe on him whom God hath sent. In other words, trust him and him only. Him alone. That's all you have to do. But that's so simple. It can't be that easy. Because people have heard all their life, you have to be good to go to heaven. You have to live right. You've got to go to church and pay money and, you know, pray and all these things. And God says, it's free. Now, either it is free or you have to earn it. If you have to earn it, then you have to wait till you die to find out if you earned it enough by your good works. So they're making installments. They live today and they made a payment. They live the next day and they make another payment. So by your good life each day, you're hoping that you'll have paid for your salvation by the time you die and you get to go to heaven. I got news for you. It ain't going to work. God doesn't take it on installments. Christ, when he came to this earth, he died on the cross and paid the whole payment at one time. And that payment was made in full for everybody in the whole world. So it says there in verse 30. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? What are you doing that we got to believe? I mean, if you, we got to believe on you, what, what are you going to do for us? Show us a sign. No, do a little miracle for us, and we'll believe it. And then he talks to them about bread. He says, in the Old Testament, he said, manna came down from God out of heaven. Bread. And fed to the people. He said, but the people who ate that bread, they're all dead. He says, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And if any man eat this bread, he'll never die. Can you believe this? Do you believe what I just said? Can you buy it? Can you trust me? I am the bread of heaven. You eat this bread and you'll have everlasting life. But you see, Christ wasn't talking about you really eating the flesh of him and drinking his blood. And that confused a lot of people. You see down there in verse 60 where he made the statement, Many therefore of his disciples, because you see you can be a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ, and never be saved. It means that you can follow his teachings. You can do the things that Jesus asked you to do and still not go to heaven. You can be a learner, a disciple, a follower. But you don't trust him as your savior. He's not your savior. You must trust Jesus Christ as your payment for your sins. Trust him to take you to heaven when you die. So there were people who were following Jesus and mainly because they had seen some of his miracles where he fed the 5,000. So he says, the only reason you're following me is because I put food in your tummy. So he says there in the last part of verse 60, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Nobody can understand what you're saying. In other words, Jesus, you're speaking over our head. You're telling them we can't grasp. We can't get a hold of it. Well, some people did. Some people didn't. It's just like whenever we try to explain to people how to have eternal life. Some people get it. Some people don't get it. Because, you see, a lot of people think that you have to earn your right to go to heaven. 
And they don't understand that going to heaven is a gift. It's free. And all that you and I can do is accept the payment he made for us, and he would give us eternal life. Look down in verse 44, same chapter. He said, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. He said, nobody can come unto me unless the Father draw him. Oh, that's interesting. A lot of predestination and Calvinists get a hold of that verse. But hold your place right here and look in chapter 12 of the same book. But in chapter 12 of the Gospel of John. And look in verse 32. And Christ says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So the reason Christ says, nobody can come unto me unless the Father draw him, but the Father draws them because of the cross. You see, Christ, you see there in verse 33, this he said signifying by what death he would die. In other words, he was going to die on the cross, and if I be lifted up and I make a payment for the sins of the whole world, then I want to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person so that every person can be drawn by the power of the gospel. I was 18 years old living in Athens, Georgia, and a man told me this story, and it drew me to him. He draws a person through that story. Did you know the other day, a couple weeks ago, we had about 23 that went fishing out on this boat. And the water was a little bit like this, and a few people got a little like this. But for the most part, everybody had a great time. Did you know that out of 23 people, there were some old folks on that bus? I was one of them. There were some young folks on that, on that, I say bus, on that boat. It was not a bus out there, it was a boat. And there was a young teenage girl that was on that boat. And there was people from all sizes in between and different ages. And there was men and there was women. And you know what? It didn't matter. The fish that was down in the water, they were looking up there and said, hey, that's a girl. Don't bite that one. There's Yankee. Don't, don't bite that one. You see, the fish don't care. The fish was after only one thing, the bait. Anybody on the boat out of 23 of us, if we was to take the bait and put it on the hook and put it in the water, the fish does the rest. Of course, we've got to draw it and pull it in. But every one of us, regardless of our age, regardless of how we looked or didn't look, tall, skinny, fat, plump, it don't matter. Whatever you were, everybody on the boat caught fish. Did you know that in life, every one of us as God's children can catch fish? You can catch fish. You see, the power is in the drawing power of that message. It doesn't matter who puts it out there. That story of the gospel is so powerful. It does the work. It will draw people to Christ. You don't have to save anybody. I have never saved anybody yet. But I do believe in dangling the bait in front of a person. And you never know who is going to bite and take the bait. I was told that there's women in here that win people to Christ. There's individuals in here, people that win people to Christ. 
Anybody can do it, but you've got to have confidence in the bait that it'll work. And you've got to put it in the water. And many people never do. Does that sound so hard? It's just, well, that's just so hard. The reason we go fishing is because it's supposed to be so much fun. Fun, catching one. And I usually never catch fish. But this day, I caught some fish. I had to throw some of them back. But I caught some fish. And I just know this. We caught them, and they cleaned them. When we catch fish, we just catch them. God will clean them. I never try to clean the fish. I just let God do the cleaning. But God's word is so clear, so simple, that some people can't understand it. Because in their mind, they have been conditioned most of their life, you have to earn your way to heaven by the way that you live. And if you don't live right, you're not going to get to go. And so they think they have to do all these prayers, and they've got to do all these penance, and they've got to do this, and, got to, and none of that will work. So you look there in the scripture. I want you to look at John chapter 6 and verse 61, where it says, When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? Remember, they had asked a question. What do we have to do? He says, believe on him whom he hath sent. Okay, what do you mean by that? And he says, well, I'm, I'm like the bread. And if you eat this bread, you'll have everlasting life and never hunger again. He says, I'm like water. When you drink this water that I give unto you, he says, it will be like a spring of water springing up into everlasting life. And you'll never thirst again. And so he says up there in verse 47, look at verse 47. Verily, verily, or truthfully, truthfully, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, hath everlasting life. Okay, now that was a good statement. Now, well, what do you mean by that? They don't get it. He says, you trust me, believe me. You accept me. See, the way to heaven is Christ. He's the only way that you and I will ever get there. He says, does this offend you? And evidently, it did offend a lot of people. Now, look in verse 63. He explains what he was saying. It is the spirit that quickeneth or makes alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. He says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He says, the words that I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. If you believe on me, trust me as your only hope to get to heaven, I will give you as a free gift everlasting life. He that believeth on me hath, present tense, everlasting life. If you believe it, you have something. What do you have? Everlasting life. Okay, what do you mean by that? Jesus is doing everything possible to make the human mind understand what he's saying. And did you realize that you can tell a lot of people the gospel story, the good news of how you can know that you have eternal life, know that you're going to heaven and, die, and they don't get it. And you wonder, what's, what's wrong up here? Don't you understand what he said? I wonder what the phrase, not of works, I wonder what that means. Not of works, to me, means not of works. If it says it is the gift of God, I'm entitled to believe it's the gift of God. Now, I, maybe I'm just made different than most people. 
I just believe that if God said it, that should settle it. And that's all that you have to do. Now, look in verse 31 of chapter 7. And verse 31 said, And many of the people, many of the people believed on him and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than those which this man hath done? And then Jesus made a statement to them. He says in verse 34, Ye shall seek me and shall not find me. Where I am, there that you cannot come. You'll seek for me, you won't find me. Where I am, you can't go. Those who believe can, and those that don't believe won't. And whenever he said in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, he said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. He said, and the way you know. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know the way. He says, I am the way. I am the way. Me. It's not the church. It's not your good works. It's not keeping the Ten Commandments. Going to heaven is in a person. I must accept that person, the Lord Jesus Christ, as the one who died on that cross, paid for my sins, and trust him to take me to heaven whenever I die. And God says, I'll never cast you out and never lose you. Look there in verse 37, John chapter 6, verse 37, where it says, And all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So through the gospel message that we give to people, the bait we hang out there that says it's free. If you're hanging bait out there that says you must earn your way to heaven, that is a lie. And people will take that lie and run with that lie. And they'll think they have to earn their way to heaven by going to church and trying to earn the right to go to heaven. And God says that's the wrong bait. That's not the good news. That is a lie. God's the one that made heaven. God made hell. And he's the one that says how you get there. And he says it's free. What part of free don't a person understand? What part of not of works doesn't a person understand? And they said, this is so hard to understand. This is a hard saying. If you can't understand free, yeah, you got a problem. And if you don't accept Christ, no, you can't come. You will never go to heaven whenever you die. Now, you have been given a heaven track. I want you to look at this heaven track. This is a beautiful heaven track. On the front is my picture. See there? That's when I was 17 and had hair. See there? I drew it anyway. So it is my picture. But am I going to heaven? Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? You know, of all the things in all the world, that's the most important thing that you can ever know in your whole life. That's more important than knowing who your mama and your daddy is. It is. That's more important to know whether that, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. I, I'm going to heaven when I die. Now open it up and look on the left. Instructions. Now look how hard these instructions are. This is very complicated. Check below what you think is necessary to get to heaven. So a person is supposed to check which one do you think you have to do to get to heaven. Now. Normally, I would give a person time, but because of the sake of time, I'm not going to give you time. I'm going to go ahead and explain it to you, because I want everybody in here to pass the test. If a person checks any of these except number 10, they failed. But look at number one. What's necessary to get to heaven? Do I have to keep the Ten Commandments? Hmm, that's a good question. 
Should I be sorry and confess all my sins to go to heaven? Sincerely do my best. Stop sinning. Oh, that's a good one. Do good deeds. Give money to the church. Only if it's Calvary Community Church. <laughs> Water baptism, communion. All, well, that, those are good things. But now, is that what you have to do to go to heaven? I don't believe in heaven or hell. You say, well, I don't believe in heaven or hell. Okay, that just did away with that, didn't it? I mean, I don't believe in God, so that just did away with God. God doesn't exist because I said I don't believe in him. I asked a man one time, I said, where are you going to go when you die? He says, Tennessee. I said, do you understand my question? He said, yeah, you asked me where I'm going to go when I die. He said, Tennessee. I said, why? He said, because that's where my burial plot is. I asked the man one time, I says, do you know where you're going to go when you die? He says, to the grave. I says, and then where are you going to go? He says, that's as far as I'm going. I said, you ain't going any further. No further. That's as far as I'm going. I said, have you ever died before? He says, no. I said, then how do you know that's as far as you're going to get? He said, well, I, I don't know. Uh, water baptism or communion, I don't believe in hell. Nine, trust in Christ and serve him. Oh, now that's, that's got to be it right there. Trust in Christ and serve him. You see, if you trust Christ to take you to heaven, then why do you have to serve him? Can I have one without the other? See, you can serve Christ and never trust him. But can I trust Christ to take me to heaven and then say, along with that, and attach onto it, I've got to live right too. And if I don't live right, then I won't make it. What you do is this. Take all of your good works from this day forward. Take all of your good works and throw them in the trash can. And all you got left is your bad works. All your sins. Can you still go to heaven? You can if you trusted Christ as Savior. People say, well, you don't deserve that. I don't deserve it anyway. I have never deserved to go to heaven. Look down there at answers from the Bible. When Christ says to believe on me is... It's like, okay, he is going to speak. He's going to say something, and I want you to see. Can you believe him? Can you take him at his word? Look at number one. Trying to keep the Ten Commandments cannot save us, but they do show that we're all sinners. He says in James 2.10, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Can you believe that? Can you buy that? That if you kept the whole law, but you break one of them, you're condemned. You're guilty as if you broke all of them. Why? Because the same penalty, death. You're going to die. And because God's law is perfect, the problem is we're not. So no man has ever lived good enough to keep the whole law. No man. No woman. We've all sinned, and we've all come short of God's perfection. So... That's what God says. Now, can you believe that? That's so simple. That you and I cannot keep the law. We're guilty. Believe it. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. Uh, look at number two. Being sorry for sins or confessing sins to God does not take away your sin. You see, well, you can be sorry you've done all kind of bad things. But now, to go to heaven, do you have to confess all of your sins? There's a problem. Think hard. So how do you think hard? Mm. Can you remember all of your sins? What if you can't remember them all, so you can't confess them all? It's all your sins is just the ones you remember. 
Is it possible that you've done things a long time ago and you forgot all about it? But what if you don't confess those sins? And you've been thinking all along, I'm going to heaven because I confessed all my sins. Could you have forgotten some? So you see, that's, that's not true. You see, to go to heaven, you confess you are a sinner. That's what I am. When you talk about, okay, I am an apple tree. An apple tree has apples on the tree. I don't have to confess all the apples on the tree. I just have to confess I'm an apple tree. After I've trusted Christ as my Savior, and I know I have eternal life, and I'm going to heaven and I die, God says, as those apples uh, grow on my tree, I'm supposed to pick those apples off that tree. But it doesn't change that old tree. It's because once you trust Christ as Savior, you become God's child, and you have eternal life, and you're going to heaven and you die. You still have your old sinful nature that still produces the apples on the tree. And God says, if we as a child of God will confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us. That's to the Christian, not to the lost man. So we want a lost man to admit, I am a sinner and cannot save myself. So simple. But look what he says here. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The payment for sin is death. And that's why everybody dies, because everybody earned, earned the right to die. Wage of sin is death. We've all sinned, so we've earned the right to die. Now, what man has earned the right to go to heaven? There is no such person. So nobody deserves to go to heaven. We all deserve to go to hell. But none of us deserve to go to heaven. So when Christ died for us, and doesn't let us go to hell, that's mercy. I don't get what I deserve. That's what I deserve, but I didn't get it. I got mercy. You see, getting to go to heaven, oh, that's grace. It means that I don't deserve that, but I get it. That's grace. Look at number three and four. Doing your best or trying to stop sinning would be great if it were possible. Since heaven is perfect, we must also be perfect to go there. Revelation 21, 27 says, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. No sin can enter into that holy city because it's a perfect place. It's a holy place. That's why you and I, we cannot save ourselves. You'll never be good enough. And that's why... Trying to turn from your sins is not going to work. Trying to do your best, not going to work. All of it is good intentions. It would be nice if we could, but we can't. Even today, there's things that you know that is right to do. But you'd be surprised how many will do things in spite of it. You'll do it wrong anyway. You know you're not supposed to do certain things and you'll still do it. It's called our old sinful nature. We were born with it and we'll die with it.